Hey, everybody. Welcome back to College Football Uncensored Podcast, brought to you by Saturday Down South. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with me, as always, is my co-host, partner in crime, back out of retirement, just like Tom Brady, Chris Martin. What the fuck, man? <laughs> that is, like, it's like the least surprising news ever, but wh- whatever. Yeah, whatever. like, everybody saw it coming, and yet I'm still just as angry as I, like, it took me blind, like, by blindside. It was just, God, you, you remember, like, like can't get rid of them. No, he's like herpes. He's like a better looking herpes, arguably. I mean, herpes there's not a really a good looking herpes. <laughs> I don't I don't know what herpes looks like, just in case anyone is listening to this. Um, you know what? Let's <laughs> let's that's the end of the show today. Sort of. <laughs> no, that's good. Um, no, th- like I think that's actually probably one of the most like reasonable comparisons because that guy, he's like if like he's like if somehow herpes like somebody gave herpes to everyone else like whoever had the herpes i you know what in my head this makes so much sense yeah i don't i want to just sit here and let you try to explain it though it's I like a it's... king midas thing like where everything he touches like turns to gold but in this case it's like everything tom brady's football career dick touches turns to herpes like everyone else gets the herpes whenever he's around except for the people on his team because no, I, I don't know. Like, some of those guys might get herpes too. You never know. That's true. There's no the way son, Antonio Brown doesn't have clearly. herpes. That's true. See his well, son. What is wrong with you? Well, he kisses his son. It's weird. Um, weird. So obviously, the news of Tom Brady being back in the NFL. I think there's probably only one section of people that are happy about that, and it's Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans. But it did somehow bring... Patriots fans too, which is weird. Yeah, that is very strange. Um, it did bring back uh, a segment that we affectionately call Who's Sadder Than Marler. We're opening with that? We're going to open with it because it's, a, just, it. it's, an, it's called a natural lead-in. Okay. There is an unknown fan. Literally, Saturday night. So, the, so for those of you that didn't see, Sunday the news broke because Tom Brady broke the news himself. What was it? Some 40 days after he retired that yeah. he was like, I just can't sit on the sidelines any longer because I'm such a competitor, like a fucking asshole. And <laughs> the the night before, an unknown person paid more than half a million dollars, 518628 to be exact, in an auction in New Jersey for a football that Tom Brady through for his last and I'll put that one in quotations his last touchdown ever as a pro did he get his money back why was it why the timing of that is pretty suspect very strange um roughly 24 hours after that auction closed and that unknown fan won that football for 518 grand Brady announces on Twitter that he would return so Unless he goes all of next year, which would be a real, real karma if he got somehow injured in the first game. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying. Um, That ball is, is, is what, maybe worth 15 grand at the most? That is, I've made some bad investments, but that is, (laughs) my God. Uh, that's like that that's is, like getting your salary paid in Bitcoin and then having Bitcoin be cut like sixty percent over the next six months after you've been paid in Bitcoin. Yeah, that's like that's like making a bunch or like buying a bunch of Bitcoin. You know what? That's like that's like paying off an old credit card that you hadn't paid for months at a time because you're irresponsible and you forgot about it, and then you pay off a big giant lump sum of it only to find out the credit card was closed. Can anyone else uh, resonate with that? Is that? Or not, really? Not anyone on this podcast. No, not definitely not anyone here. We are herpes free and a very financially sound podcast. <laughs> that is so fucked so, up, man. Dude, I mean, like, can you imagine what that guy's thinking on Sunday when he sees that tweet come through? I, I no, no, I can't. I like honestly, I can't. <laughs> like, he, you, he had to think that was like the worst fucking prank ever. My God. That I would, I would be unwell. I would, there's no, you know, this is like a, like a Celtic pride, like situation. There's no way that like 
what's his name? Daniel, whoever played Stern? Marv. Yeah, Daniel Stern, Dan Aykroyd are going to go fucking break this guy's kneecaps. And, and honestly, we would never like wish harm on anyone except for my dad. And I think that, you know, this is something I think that kind of warns it. Just unbelievable. So Brady's back. This guy clearly having a bad day. He's sadder than Mahler today. Oof. All right. Fuck Tom Brady. Let's get into it. What do you want to start with here? I don't know. We got to mow through this. So let's let's go over the SEC tournament and then let's get into our feelings and talk a little bit about we'll do college basketball. We're, we're not going to get super into the NCAA tournament stuff yet because we're going to do another episode this week. Um, but uh, let's recap the SEC tournament, conference tournament in general. All right, so um, we'll start early round. Vanderbilt beat Georgia by like roughly a billion, and then Georgia fired their coach and then hired Mike White. (laughs) Now, it's okay. This is why I feel like we're living in a fucking simulation because there's no reason to do that outside of like, you know what? Let's just fucking cause chaos on Twitter. They could have just waited till Florida fired him, which probably would have happened at some point this offseason. Another bad investment. (laughs) So they paid the one, $1.2 million buyout or whatever it was, which I guess is probably a drop in the bucket at this point for Georgia. But I, And I get it. Mike White has taken Florida to a couple of lead eights, which is, I mean, you don't want to shake your finger at that, but Tom Crean did the same thing in Indiana. I don't think any Florida fan was sad to see Mike White go. By the way, they were knocked out in their first game uh, against Texas A&M. Um, was a fucking, they were just they a were on buzzsaw. Some shit. Huh? Um but uh, so we saw obviously that happen. We see LSU um, advance and then fire their coach, which we'll talk to our buddy Chris Gordy here uh, at the end of this episode to talk a little Will Wade, talk a little bit LSU football, what he the thinks. The other of. side of Will Wade that we don't really get to know. Yeah, you know what I soft, mean? kind, you know. It's like you remember that, you know, when like you hear about Ted Bundy and he gets such a bad rap about like who he was because he had like a couple of demons and flaws but really like he was an innovator for so many different things and like he took serial killing to another level and honestly in the 70s like before like you know the rampant use of cable television in the pacific northwest i can't imagine it being that much of an entertaining time for a lot of those people so good for him that's basically what gordy said about will wade we don't want to give away the interview um Let's see. So AM made obviously a serious run. They take down Florida, like I said. Then they go and take the number one seed down, Auburn, 67-62. Then they proceed to beat Red Heart, uh, Red Hot Arkansas team, 82 to 64, like blew them out oh. of the gym. Um, and then they put up an offensive stinker in the championship game. I don't like how against you said that. A stinker. A stinker. I'm a dad now, dude. I mean, this is Hey, do you watch Trash Truck? I've never heard of that. Good. It's funny. There's just, I had to watch it this weekend with my uh, best friend's kid. who's just the most adorable kid in the world, but that, there's just so many fucking the show's flaws. just called trash truck. It's about a fucking trash truck who is best friends with a child and the characters are the trash truck. This kid, a bear that's voiced by Kevin Malone, which is the same fucking voice he used as Kevin Malone, uh, a raccoon, and something else. Uh, the last episode I watched, he brought his fucking trash truck in for show and tell into a school. It's it's a trash truck. That, that doesn't truck, seem logical. How to get through the door? I don't know how that trash truck even has a fucking job for one because he is in this neighborhood every day. Smells like shit. Yeah. It's Tom. Anyways, just Tom Brady herpes again. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So A um, and M, like I mean, you know. I could have told you that was coming, dude, because they the way they looked against Bama the week before. <laughs> yeah. They they honestly that that just seemed like the fact that they got left out of the tournament was very surprising, and also wasn't. Um, Bama did Bama things. I, Scotty Pippen Jr. was fantastic to watch, but just kind of a surprising a surprising tournament in general. Um, and I know that people love to hear me complain about the plight of being an Alabama fan, but like. The year continues. Just the struggle continues for Bama fans. Georgia wins the Natty. Auburn wins the regular season title. And now Tennessee wins the conference tournament title. First time since like, what was the last time they won the tournament? 1979. Wow. How's that possible? So Tennessee goes on a run of their own. Um, Now they have the two seeds. So 
I don't necessarily say a run, but they did take down Kentucky and on their way to playing A&M where they won by 15 points, take the championship game. And then immediately, a couple hours later, Tennessee fans mad online. They're mad at Joe Lenardi. They're mad at the committee. Everybody's angry because Tennessee's three seed in the tournament. Okay, but here's the thing. Like the fact that they were three seed, that part is say that they shouldn't have been mad, whatever. The fact that Joe Lenardi, again, is, has maybe the best job in the world. He's like a fucking Girl Scout selling cookies, but he gets to talk about like March Madness. Like his, his whole job is basically like in November, he's like, dude, we got Samoas. Samoas are coming in a couple of months. Do you like, do you like Samoas? I love Samoas. We, do we have Thin Mints? They're also going to, we're going to have Thin Mints and stuff. There might be some new stuff you don't even know about. And then it's like cookie season. He's like, I told you they're here. Tagalongs, baby. Got all the tagalogs. Now I lied about the boxes and the number of boxes and stuff like that. I did not have the correct order on that, but here we are. Um, the fact that he blatantly said, he's like, there's nothing Tennessee could do before they won that game. It's like, it was at halftime. He said this to make them a two seed. That's what I have the issue with. And his reasoning was because you think about it. They were three and one against Kentucky and Auburn combined. They had beaten Arizona earlier in the season. And then on top of that, you're talking about like, like, his his other other reason was the fact that, well, especially if Purdue beats Iowa, that didn't happen. So why would they not be a two seed? Well, it's very possible. And hear me out. I know you shouldn't be really choosing things based on records. But have you seen Rick Barnes's record in uh, NCAA tournament games? It's not good. But at least against the spread, which that's all we really care about. Because as we yeah. say in the biz. Good teams win, great teams cover. Mm-hmm. Rick Barnes teams won 11 and 1 ATS in their last 13 NCAA tournament games. Holy shit. That's bad. Something for you, you gamblers to just keep in your back pocket there. First, first game against Longwood. Oh, by the way, like I want to tease this because I put a lot of effort into it. The matchup breakdowns are coming back like we do every Love March it. Madness. When I tell you it was the least enjoyable, research i've ever done for the first three games st peter's is the most boring fucking school i have ever ever read about ever 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 it was awful but they'll be out soon so get excited so tennessee's a three seed um where do we want to start do we want to do we want to break down i mean obviously great tournament for tennessee um kennedy kennedy chandler steps up really good player um Mm -hmm. Which team in the SEC do you think goes the furthest in the tournament? If you had to say it today. Um, well, first off, I haven't even seen like what the what the hold on. Um you pick. I don't even I don't know which uh what do you call it region each one's in. I know Bama's got like Arizona. I think Auburn, I feel like got a tough draw for some reason. Um I could be wrong about that. I just get the feeling that like, and in, in, this has been kind of like building for a while, but Tennessee is built in a way. Like, I mean, they they beat Arizona, which is like, that's reason enough, I feel like, to get behind them, you know? Yeah. Um, you could say because they're hot right now as well. It, like, Arkansas is also a really good team. And when you have a guy like J.D. Notesay that could take over a game, that's a, like, I would say probably one of those two teams. Now, I'm going to say this, and this is a thousand percent the homer coming out in me. But I'm not giving up on the chance that Bama could make a run. Who would you rather see between Rutgers and Notre Dame? I I was told Notre Dame, but Rutgers just for the March or the matchup breakdown. Yeah, I think you want to see Ruck, uh, Notre Dame as well. That's what um, I heard, yeah. the ACC had a down year. Rutgers, they've got Ron Harper, which I'm guessing he's related to Ron Harper, who's Is it not uh, the same of person? Bulls fame. Um, if we remember Ron Harper from the Jordan MJ, nine, baby. Um, but Bama kind of reeling right now, so I think there's gonna be people off Bama. You might be right. Maybe it's a good time to jump on them at least on a gambling perspective. Um, I'm super excited for this tournament. There's 11 first round games that currently have a spread under three points. Up. So if you look at the last two tourneys, there were 10 total combined between the two. And the most ever in a first round is 13. 
uh, which was in 2011 and 1991. So it's going to be an electric first round. It's going to be awesome. Okay, I don't understand what you fucking do all day when you ignore my texts about like when we're going to start the pod. Research, apparently? Well, first of all, I'll, I'll just come clean here. I got both of those last two stats from Chris the Bear Felica's Twitter. Oh, I like that. <laughs> um, no, I just looked at the part where he tweeted out, buckle up. <laughs> i fucking okay. love him dude he, he's like the epitome of like how i feel every time i talk about gambling he's the nicest dude ever I just yeah, yeah um anyway no so like I, that does seem to be a consistent theme i mean there's a couple of these matchups even like day one man like like you know hold on where the fuck is the actual bracket itself I'm going to um, tell you right now, you mentioned Arkansas is making a deep run, and I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they won 13 of their last 15 games, mm-hmm. um, and they were first in the SEC in defensive efficiency. But Vermont is a yeah. very good team. Um, senior laden, which you want in a tournament team. Um, and they they have like one of the best offenses when you, when you look at advanced metrics uh, in the country. Which I don't, um, but yes. You don't, obviously. So look out. Hogs fans, and I know that you got a good, great relationship with Arkansas fans right now. What the fuck was that about? <laughs> but watch out for a guy named Ryan Davis on Vermont. I hear you can trust the floor, Chris. I don't know. What and that if means. you remember, t- if you remember that 2004 Vermont team, and who could forget? I mean, Taylor Coppenrath. Are you kidding me? Uh, took down Syracuse in the in the first round. Um, they made the Elite Eight that year, so I'm I so anyways, because I was playing baseball. Hold on, real quick. I think I'm going to some money on Vermont ATS there. I don't think that's a bad pick, but can we also talk about Vermont real quick? This is the only entertaining matchup breakdown I did. Can I just hear the Catamounts? They are. They are. Fucking love that name. One of the most perplexing Wikipedia pages I've ever seen in my life. You know, Vermont is the first university in the country to allow women and African Americans into their honor society. I, I, no, did not. Actually, I did. Okay. Did you know that also, uh, this was like one paragraph down from that. Uh, hold on, where'd it go? If for 73 years until 1969, Vermont held an annual, quote, cakewalk where students dressed in blackface. I was going to say nice because of the 69 thing, but I feel like that's inappropriate after you kept going. Yes, even more inappropriate. Uh, ranked 40th on a list published by businessweek.com of the top 50 colleges and universities whose bachelor degrees graduates earn the highest salaries. Seamless transition, next paragraph. In 2014, an analysis of federal data found the University of Vermont to be among the top 10 schools in the US with the highest total of R-word reports. Really? Yeah, I, I, that was such a bizarre, like, I mean, anyway. Also, very troubling. Um, one of the five oldest universities in all of New England also ranked fourth in terms of graduates who enter the Peace Corps after they graduate. So there's that. I'm that actually is impressive because I feel like there's a lot of very old universities in the, in the Northeast. Yeah, it's um, it's called like one of the public Ivies or something like that. Um, and also, yeah, also it's impressive they joined the fucking Peace Corps. Uh, they have 36 Olympians, combined six Olympic medals. What was the other one here? Who's okay, their top your alumni? Ben Affleck is one of them. That's a pretty big alumni. David Franzioni, he wrote Gladiator. Okay. Ever heard of it? No. Okay. Um, Trey Anastasio, he's in Fish. Oh, yeah, yeah. Big time guitarist. E. Annie Prolo, she wrote Brokeback Mountain. Great flick. Dirks Bentley. Dirks Bentley went to Vermont? Went for one year and dropped out. Um, I feel like that's not a great place for a country singer to say they went. Not at all. And last but not least, uh, H.H. Holmes. He's a serial killer. So, Okay. Big time stuff there. Also, Ryan Russillo. Okay. I do like Ryan Russillo. Um... Let's see. So Tennessee obviously plays Longwood, which, you know, Fuck. I don't think that's going to be much of a game. Maybe only an ATS game there. Um, 
They did. Longwood did uh, win. Uh, they went on an eighteen and one run to end the year out of the Big South. Um, not very good defensively though, so expect a big offensive game in that one. Interesting one. Uh, LSU Iowa State. Yeah. So LSU. Minutes, so hurry up. Let's go. LSU. Not the first time they haven't had a head coach uh, in the going into the tournament. Will Wade was suspended in twenty nineteen for some of the stuff that he was just fired for. Um, Iowa State, though, they've lost three straight games and they just got blown out in the Big 12 tournament. So should be pretty interesting to watch that one. Auburn, Jacksonville State. Get me out here. Just let Coach O coach the fucking basketball team. (laughs) Uh, And Kentucky, St. Peter's. uh, None of those games really seem to be. You got two two seeds there for the SEC, which is great. Um, So maybe some some interesting matchups there. Alabama, obviously, could have an interesting matchup as well. Um, but we will get more into the tournament later in the week. Um, I do want to talk about this whole $8 million five-star QB thing. Because what the fuck, man? This kid's a junior in high school. He's already been promised by some NIL collective. So this group of people from some unnamed school, it's an unnamed recruit that's already been promised $8 million. I don't like any... Like, just tell me who it is. I'm not trying to fucking play Clue. Like, I... So my whole thing was I I was thinking it would be Arch Manning just because if you're going to make a bet on a junior in high school, at least you maybe could like his name alone will probably be worth the marketing dollars. Right. But I'm starting to think based on um, if you follow recruiting, there's a lot of uh, thought that this five star QB who I'm not going to try to pronounce his name um, is going to go to he's from California is going to go to Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Seems odd. Have you seen him throw? I have not. Very, very effortless release. Yeah, it'd be weird that he would go to Tennessee, don't you think? Well, they've had a lot of quarterbacks come from California. I think Crompton did, all of them Clausens. Um, Great lineage. I I think it it would definitely be weird, though. I think it it was a guy that I thought was going to USC, but now with everything Lincoln Riley's put in place, we got to talk about that, too. Just, I mean, how much fucking money is out there? The fact that now I, this is just speculation on my part, but the fact that if it was Tennessee, if they're paying a recruit eight million dollars, what is Texas a or Texas going to do with Arch Manning? You are so. First off, Arch Manning's not going to Texas A&M, and you are so hung up on them. I, I don't think that that's a situation that everyone is going to be able to do. I, I don't think everyone's gonna be able to match that. I think stuff like this is this is where you're going to start seeing some of these like really, really like, you know, like the richest universities, the deepest pockets get a lot of these guys and like these premier, premier recruits. But also this is where you're going to start seeing some of like the the backlash and like the da- like the dark side of this, because not everyone's going to pan out. No, it's true. And I think, you know, when you get something new like this NIL, you're going to see a lot of guys like whoever this kid is like a Travis Hunter, like a, uh, what's the kid's name that went to Texas from Ohio State? When yours. Name is. When yours. Then you're going to get a regression back to the mean when you got companies, huge companies that are investing in guys like DJ Ungalale, and he goes out and he like might lose his job to a freshman this year. I think it's going to come back to something that's a little bit more reasonable, but right now it's off the charts. Not saying it's bad to pay kids because fast forward over to this coach, uh, Lincoln Riley, who just dropped $17.2 million on a new oceanfront estate in Los Angeles. You think he paid for that? Uh, There were rumors when he signed uh, with USC that they were paying for a house for him. I wouldn't have thought there would be a $17 million house. My God, dude. How ridiculous. 13,000 square feet. Five-car garage, an elevator, seven fireplaces, which I think is probably the most ridiculous thing. In California, sir, (laughs) go outside at any point. There's going to be a forest fire in like a fucking week, bro. A movie theater, a tennis court, a putting green, a sauna, 600-bottle wine room. There's no way he's a a wine drinker. There's absolutely no fucking way. He drinks Bush Light 100%. I, I don't think it's even like... Why would he have a 600 bucks? That's so fucking stupid. So my man's living large out there. Um, the pictures, if you haven't seen them, go Google it. It looks like maybe the most fantastic place to live I've ever seen. 
That's like every home in LA. He he also um, was selling a one point nine million dollar home in Norman. So it makes like I'm not going to shit on him anymore for leaving Norman, Oklahoma. Like you imagine, like you're like, <laughs> should I stay here? There's tornadoes. Like if you love the movie Twister, you would love Norman, Oklahoma. But also, and we can go live near a beach and live in that. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to work. It's going to work out for him. Uh, last thing here before we get into our interview with Chris Gordy. I just had to shout it out because I'm a big Braves fan. You follow the Braves. You like the Braves as well. RIP, even though he didn't die. Freddie Freeman. Sad day. I think Matt Olson, by the way, is going to be a fantastic player. Um, had to trade some big prospects to get him. Uh, notably, Shea Langoliers, which is an extremely good Christian catching Hodge. prospect. Kristen Pache, who's considered to be an elite defender at the very least. Um, but, you know, Matt Olson hit 40 bombs and had 110 RBIs last year, so it's not like he's not worth it. I read it, yeah, first off, the fact that this kid went to my fucking high school, played the same position as me, and I found out this news as I was making dumbass memes about Auburn for Twitter, felt like a loss. Did not feel great for me, personally. Um, happy for him though. Go Panthers. Um, I, I didn't re- like, I read his stat line and all I read was his career numbers. I didn't realize he put up like he, he arguably had a better year than Freddie last year. I still say they gave uh, up way too much to get him. He had a better war than Freddie. He was, he was, um, a fantastic player. Um, apparently by the way, he is still very involved in giving money to the Parkview program. So seems like a good dude. That makes one of us. Yeah. But, uh, it's tough, man. It's tough to lose. I consider somebody who's like a Braves Hall of Famer at the very least, if not an outright Hall of Famer, and Freddie Freeman. Yeah, what? Tough to see him go. Um, kind of feels like he kind of was like looking for a reason to leave, weirdly. I didn't understand. Like, Alex Anthopoulos was crying when you had to talk about this. Yeah. Thing. Just don't fucking trade him then. Well, they didn't I, trade him. Well, you know what I mean. But like, yeah, just yeah. don't get rid of him. So... Something weird. I think there's going to be something that comes out after it's all said and done. I thought it was weird that he was so sad like that. Yeah. You think that Tom Brady gave him herpes? <laughs> it could be. could be. Have we talked so, about the I, fact that the girl I used to work with at Whitehall Tavern dated Freddie Freeman for a minute? No, you did not. Should, is right, this like we're going to close with this story because okay. this is the Uncensored Moment of the Week. 20, oh, 2013. Don't incriminate girl, anybody. No, I'm not. Um, okay. Like... Super, she's great. Her and her now fiance are like, they're like my favorite couple ever on, on social media. But um, at the time we were all young and dumb and, and like, you know, drinking all the time. And, and anyway, she was a very, very attractive girl that seemed to have, uh, how do I say this? Older people pay for a lot of her things. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and she dated a lot of people that like just casually, she would like not, name drop to just for like like see the impress like it was like she wasn't smart enough to know that they were significant people so one day freddie freeman comes up and she had been dating freddie we saw this firsthand when we all went out like in buckhead one night and he showed up to get her and we're like that's fucking freddie freeman now this is 2013 this is before like he's like hit it like big big. he's like kind of fat freddie too he was fat freddie he still had the long sleeves because he can't be sunburned but he ends up like, I remember we, we like Sunday night is like, this is like lowest level of, of like, I think my adulthood typical, like in like reason or what do you call it? Um, industry night, like kind of bar, like the only place to open on Sunday after midnight can't be in Fulton County. So we would go down North Druid Hills to go to tin roof. There'd be like live music. Everybody's blowing all the money they made like on a weekend. Just to me, my best friend that I was working with at the time, Jackie, and this girl are sitting down having some, some tachos. And she says, guys, I need, your, I need your advice. I don't know who I should date. Freddie or Justin? And at the time, she had been hooking up with our kitchen manager, who's one of my good friends I've known for a long time. And to, like Justin was the kitchen manager? And that doesn't do it justice. He's, he's a great dude. <laughs> But at the time, that was his role and his job title. And she said, I just, you know, I don't know. Like, you know, I, I like them both so much. And we were like, is she fucking serious right now? 
And finally, Jackie looks at her and she goes, well, just to be clear, you're talking about Justin, the kitchen manager at Whitehall Tavern, and Freddie Freeman, the first baseman for the Atlanta Braves. Is that what we're talking about? And she's like, yeah. And she goes, I don't know, babe. I guess just, you know, whichever one makes you laugh. And we just started fucking dying because we knew that she was kidding. <laughs> and she chose Justin and they dated for quite some time. It ended horribly. Freddie Freeman signed his eight-year, $125 million contract like less than two weeks later. Wow. It was amazing. Talk about one of your all-time backfires. We just, you know, we're a big dick, bad financial decision podcast. <laughs> we got to end it there. All right. Hey, everybody. We uh, Let's get into this interview with Chris Gordy. Uh, talk a little bit about LSU, Will Wade, Jane Daniels, who I think is Chris's now favorite player, and um, a little bit about LSU going into spring ball. So we appreciate you listening. Enjoy the interview. All right. We are now joined by a homeless, uh, uh, looks, I mean, just a, a beat, a beat of a person um, that just got back from Florida on spring break with all the cool college kids. And uh, Chris Gordy, so listen, we're starting a GoFundMe for you because you had a tough weekend. Um, and just in keeping with the theme, since you cover LSU football and you're one of my, my good friends here, what we're going to do is we're going to like take from that little fund of the GoFundMe and right. the charity that we raised for you. And then we're going we're gonna to end up getting recruits and NIL deals with that. Welcome in. Uh-oh. That's awesome. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, you know, NIL, the whole paying players, it's cool now, but it wasn't cool four years ago when Will Wade did it. So I just want to make the distinction there. Like, it's cool well, nobody now. Nobody else is doing it Chris. Every, right. It's cool to do now, but four years ago, burn him at the stake and sentence him to death, and we'll all watch him fry. That's what we want to do. Okay. Got I mean, it. it seems dramatic even for me. Um, but yeah, like, you know, I would, I would say... You know, he could have handled it better. There's, you know, there's things uh, that he could have said differently, but let's get into it for sure. Listen, I thought we had, I thought Will Wade had kind of like turned a corner and I don't mean as a person, because I think he's probably a shitbag person, um, but I'm kidding. Like, honestly, the longer this went on, the more I liked Will Wade. I hated, the only thing I disliked about Will Wade is the size of his dress shirts. And he finally started wearing dry fits and like half zips, like a, like a normal adult that's in somewhat shape. But my God, those dress shirts, like it was like everything off the rack from like Joseph A. Bank. I feel like when I was like 25. Well, don't all co- coaches look cooler now that we've gotten away from the suits and the dress shirts? Like people are just wearing like coaches wearing polos, zip up sweaters, jackets. Like it's just, it's way cooler now. Like everybody's way more casual. It was like COVID came and they're like, go casual. And then they were like, all right, go back to like the suits. And the coaches were like, no, hell no. We're just going to dress. Co- I'll wear a sweatshirt. Like nobody yeah. has the suits anymore. It's weird. Well, like remember how ridiculous, like, like it makes sense. Like in the sixties, remember how fucking ridiculous who was the coach from Miami for like three years. He came from Rutgers golden out. Was it Al golden? Oh, oh no. Yeah. That was temple My, he came from temple. Yeah. God, he looked like shit. Um, Wearing also, a suit like, in South Florida is a terrible idea. Yeah. I, like I, I, as much as I hate Auburn, I, Bruce Pearl is just like that guy is. I mean, he is. Who's a hero of yours, Tyler? Like, I mean, he he's like my Joan of Arc. Like the fact that he decides, like, you know what? I'm only wearing dry fit polos from now on because I sweat profusely and everybody can see it, and I don't be a fucking meme again. I hit. I, I get it, dude. Anyway, back to your well, coach. Well, it was a good comparison. The, the, you brought up Bruce Pearl, and it's a great comparison to Will Wade because on two different mm-hmm. levels. One. Bruce Pearl had middlemen. Bruce Pearl didn't show up at a hotel room with a duffel bag of cash. Bruce Pearl sent people with duffel bags of cash to go meet. Those guys take the fall. They're out. Bruce Pearl gets suspended, what, a game? And then he's like, that's the distinction. Will Wade was the moron on the phone call wiretap going, man, I made a strong-ass offer. You know, what What do we do here? Will Wade was the one who used his wife's bank account to transfer money to a recruit. Will Wade was the one who got extorted by a fiancé of a student and said, yeah, I need more money for a down payment because my credit's bad. Will Wade's like, fine, okay. Can't trust him. Keep it shut. Like, dude, fine middlemen, Wade. What are you doing? And so, yeah, from that standpoint, Will Wade was stupid. He was messy. He was sloppy. You know, it's like the new guy in the mob who's – you know, 
using all the code words wrong. Dude, you messed up. Like, you got to keep this thing on the down low. John Calipari, Mike Krzyzewski, all these guys, they're never going to be caught on a wiretap. You know why? Because they're not the guy making the call. There's guys in between. And then there's guys in between the guys in between. Like, this thing should never get back to you. And that's where Will Wade was sloppy. And that's why he's out of a job right now. That said, Will Wade's a great coach. He's a good X's and O's guy. He's a good recruiter. With NIL now being legal, Will Wade's going to wind up somewhere again in a year or two, and he's going to crush it wherever he ends up. I, I just hope it's like at a JUCO and him and Coach O just fucking set up shop and just do everything, like whatever the opposite of buy the book would be. I mean, let's just get 1980s, like big eight, like old Southwest Conference uh, type of recruiting there. Okay, so hold on. You said, one, you said something about a fiance um, and, and uh, scheming for money. That sounds like everything I ever did during the three years I was a fiance. So that's a good move. I'm not going to get upset about that. You said he used his wife's, credit card uh her checking account and by the way i'm glad you read all the details on this i could see you're you're a great investigative reporter and you read okay, up first all off, of that's the why we brought file. you on here dickhead <laughs> you're the other shoe guy i got enough going on right now um <laughs> I no, I mean, like, I, well, also like I, I think that and we talked about this off air is that it seemed like it was so far it was so egregious with how like just the hard on people had at going after wade and again, it yeah. was blatantly obvious that he had done something wrong. And but it, it became like this giant FU, I feel like, to the NCAA, which we could all kind of be on board with. I, but has anyone like is, is if you're around this many kids that are a lot of times like from the inner city, does, do none of these coaches listen to like any kind of rap music? You don't leave a paper trail. Do we not? Yeah. Do we not know how? Like, am I better at laundering money than Will Wade? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, did he? I'm. He had to have seen blue chips growing up, right? Like, he had to know how this thing is supposed to work and how it can yeah. go bad and backfire on you. No, I mean, like, when you read the details of it, and you find okay, it was a student athlete. Which I won't. It, right? Yeah, you, don't do your homework ever. Um, the, the he paid a recruit, and the recruit's fiance reached out later on, was like, "Hey, I got reporters reaching out to me. Hey, right. if you want to, if you want me to keep my mouth shut, better pay me." And then she comes back. She's like, "Hey, yeah, so that money you gave me." I wanted to put a down payment on a car and they're telling me because I have bad credit, I have to put more down. So I need more money. Well, wait, like, we already paid you. And she's like, no, I need more money, coach. He's like, okay, fine. I read that as Will Wade should be celebrated. This poor girl couldn't afford to buy a car. Will Wade reached out and paid her. That young girl is now driving a car with bad credit because Will Wade helped her. Yeah. He's a hero. He should be celebrated for that. Why do we, why do we incriminate people and say this is the worst thing in the world when it's like, Okay, take a step back and talk about what we're doing here. Like one of the other findings is like he offered to help get a recruits, you know, mom a job and things like like how Okay, let's not paint him out to be a fucking saint here, Gordy. <laughs> but no, no, like that but like that scene is a bad thing. Why is that a bad thing? Because it's a recruiting advantage. Oh, so none of the other schools are offering to help the mom get a job? Like, come on, man. No, that's like the oldest trick in the book. Um but at the same time, I mean like yeah, yeah. I mean, again, so this is, if you're just joining us, this is the hour two of Will Wade, the selfless um, saint of a human being that just... Martyr, if you will. Yeah, just a, yeah, a martyr of a person that um, tragically lost his job this past uh, weekend uh, <laughs> after he was fired for five to seven level one allegations um, and findings against... The, so what's amazing about this is I, I, I knew about this whole, like, you know, like the the children's hospital and the following money. And this, I'm not saying this to be like rude or, or like, you know, it, but Louisiana is the most corrupt state, one of the most corrupt states in the country, like like politically, it has been like forever. It's like it's like part of the charm, to be honest. Right. Like but at the same time, hey, Tommy Tuberville will see to it that Alabama climbs in those rankings. OK, thank God. It's about, day- you know, he actually is doing some of daylight savings time. It's the one thing I feel like he's probably doing right up in Washington. It's like it's got to be his only focus too. I, he's calling himself <laughs> coach up there. That cannot be going over well. Um, anyway, but, but I think like. The whole thing about I can't imagine him fielding that fucking phone call, because if he's doing anything, it's more important than paying this woman's down payment on whatever car it was. And so I I would have loved to be a fly on the wall with that, um, for one. I think you're right. I think he's a great coach. I think he's going to recruit well. How do you think this impacts LSU going into the tournament? I mean, I'm I've done a couple of brackets today, as as I'm sure a lot of us have. I, I've got LSU losing in every one of them, and that's not that's barely knowing anything about Iowa State. And I know we look at oh six versus eleven seed, but like Iowa State, th- dude, th- here's your chance. You're coaching a team without or playing a team without a coach. Like, yeah, it's just those never work out well. 
And well, so- yeah. And if Will Wade had torn his ACL, can you imagine then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, this would be like not having your two best wide receivers in a championship game. I mean, this is where we are. That, that's Check it in the mail, so- Gordy. So, you know, it, it's, it is what it is. I'll, I'll root like hell for him. You hope like a senior like Darius Days puts mm-hmm. the team on his back, says, look, I ain't going down without a fight. Tari Eason's had a great year for LSU. Like, they've got players that could play well. I just, you, you lose all faith in the team because it's like you don't have the head coach. So, yeah, I mean, they're in the tournament. Great. Yay. But, I mean, I, I just don't know if they're going to go very far. Yeah, that's fair. So, after the tournament, I mean, you mentioned it. Will Wade, obviously, very good coach. He, if COVID hadn't canceled the tournament in 2020, they would have gone to four straight NCAA tournaments, which is would have been the first time since the 90s. Um, he like had them, Florida State level good. Exactly. There you Don't go. Do this. By the way, we're gonna we might have to we might have to get together for the Florida State LSU game this year down in uh, uh, New Orleans. Y- yeah, you think we have uh, tickets? Uh, how about the the Thursday before, and we just have like a three day straight party? Come on, take a ride. Let's go. I love hey, that. Real, real quick, before we, because I'll forget about this later. And I don't mean to interrupt your question, but at some point, we need to get down to Baton Rouge and we have a standing offer for free tickets to any baseball weekend we want to go. That That's pretty good. Fun. Okay. Um, but anyways, 2020 and 2021, um, LSU was a top five offense, according to Ken Palm. This year, they had a top five defense. So Wade was doing things with the program, obviously recruiting at a very high level. Where do you think LSU goes from here as far as coach and where do you want to see them go from here? Yeah, let me just back up a little bit. They they had some really good guys in the transfer portal. Tari Eason was one I mentioned. You know, Efton Reed was a nice recruit they had. Um, they had this guy named Adam Miller who came in from um, Illinois. I think exactly. it was. And he was supposed to be his big time scorer. He tears, you know, his knee up before the season. He doesn't even play this year. So like the expectations for LSU this year, they were supposed to be a top four seed. They were supposed mm-hmm. to be right there with Tennessee, Kentucky, uh, Auburn and, and Arkansas. So, yeah, I mean, the expectations were lowered a little bit when that happened. Fast forward to now, they had a, a big time five star recruit who had just committed to LSU a few weeks back for next year's class. They already they had a stud recruiting class next year, and most of these guys on this current team were supposed to be, are supposed to be coming back next year. They were going to be loaded. Like LSU was going to be absolutely loaded next year. That five star recruit just announced on Twitter uh, that he's decommitted. So, like, now you're starting to see the dwindling. I'm sure a lot of these guys on this team are either going to be going pro or entering the transfer portal and heading out. So this program that he built up that was literally on the cusp of, oh, my God, next year they could win the SEC you know, championship. They could you know, be a, a one or two seed in the tournament next year. Like, these were going to be the expectations for 2022. And now just skyrocketing down. And it's all going to come down to the NCAA findings, guys, and what the punishment is going to be. And as we know... The NCA is so good at, at, at reading all the evidence and really, you know, coming down with a fair and just punishment for everything. Yeah. I, th- I think they do that with everything. You, you guys would have to agree. Um, so it, I, that those findings or whatever the punishment's going to be for the findings, is going to have a big bearing on where they can go. Scott Woodward is a big game hunter. We've yep. talked about that all everywhere he's been. He brought in Brian Kelly from Notre Dame. He brought in Kim Mulkey from Baylor. Uh, he brought in Jay Johnson from Arizona, Buzz Williams, Jimbo Fisher, Chris Peterson. The list goes on and on and on. He's going to set a, a you know target very high. You know, Coach K, maybe you don't want to retire, bud. Come on over to LSU. <laughs> oh, that uh, would be a nightmare. <laughs> but quiet, quiet, quiet. Okay, yeah, quiet. no, 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 no. I, I mean it. I mean, give me a second. Give me a second. What's that terrible song he came out to at his press conference? At the oh, first off, not a terrible song. Cascada <laughs> every, every time, time we, we touch. touch. It, oh that that has to be one of the most awkward moments in the history <laughs> of a press conference. Where just oh my god, we got that was an uncensored was moment of the week. Actually, yeah, just like three three girls just like you know spattered around in this room, just <laughs> incredible. But, you know, that said, like, they're going to set their sights high. The, the problem is, what if the NCAA says, all right, postseason ban next year, loss of scholarships for the next two years? Like, if it's something like that, it's going to hurt. It, can you attract a big-name job and say, all, all right, guys, you know, just stick right. with us. We're going we're gonna to be really good two, three years from now. That's where you start to fall with expectations. And so, yeah, you set your sights high. Let's go get a Scott Drew. Let's convince Mark Few. Hey, man, you never win at Gonzaga. Come down to LSU. We'll build something here. We'll win the SEC. Like, it's just, again, set your sights, sights high. It feels like they're going to settle for one of those. Like, I threw out a name like Shaka Smart. Yeah, he underachieved yeah. at Texas. 
but like he did a pretty good job at Marquette this year. Like that's a guy that I think could kind of come to LSU right place, right time, recruit. Well, who knows? Like, so that's kind of where I would set the expectations at somewhere between, you know, Nate Oates, you, you love Alabama. I know you just re up there. Maybe come on over to the dark side. We'll see. But um, <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's far fetched. I really don't in this day and age. It, well, he just re I'm just joking with him. But I mean, look at look at the SEC is becoming so cutthroat, man. I thought mm -hmm. this year alone, like I've said it for years in football, football has the greatest assortment of coaches in in uh, in all of college football, the SEC. I think this year the SEC with all these coaches retired, Roy Williams gone, Coach K leaving, all these big names, like the SEC had the greatest assortment of coaches they've ever had this year in the SEC. Now Frank Martin's gone, Quanzo Martin's gone, mm -hmm. Will Wade's gone. Like who, whoever these schools hire, it may get even better. We may up it another notch. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Point. You know, I, I think like the part of it too is going to be so interesting is the fact that it, it's like we have like one foot on each side of it or like we're on like straddling a fence of, like you said, pre-NIL stuff, when this just unbelievably selfless, you know, again, martyr of a, of a person, Will Wade, was buying down. I mean, where was he in, in October for me? I needed a down payment on a car, I'll be honest. Um, but like the, the I mean, fact if you had that a five star brother, maybe, you know, could have yeah, helped you out. You'd be living that's a in really a really good you, point. You would have gotten you a three story house right now. <laughs> It's out of the basement. That's a good, it's a really good point, Gordy. Um, no, I like, but it'll be interesting to see how much they punish them because you know, part of the thing with the NCAA is, and I didn't know this until earlier when I was doing my fucking homework on this, uh, for this interview, was that I didn't realize that, um, shit, now I'm going to blow this. Who's the, what's the 80s name again? LSU. <laughs> when I was Scott, doing my Scott homework, Woodward. Woodward. A guy that I don't know his name. Yeah. So Scott Woodward, <laughs> either he or like what, like his, his kid is married to Mark Emmert's kid. Yeah, so like the story goes back in the early 2000s, LSU, when they had this Hall of Fame coaching staff and every and Nick Saban was the coach at the time. Mark Emmert was the AD. Scott Wood was underneath him. And now Mark Emmert, as we know, has done a fantastic job running the NCAA for the oh past you know, eight, nine years. Yeah, but, but like, but so the fact that like this has come down on LSU and, and that's all I've heard about it, at least. And maybe I'm just ignorant to any of the other news that, that could be happening. But like, I haven't heard shit on Kansas and you know that's got to be way more egregious. And I think one of the things that does bother me, and, and, and listen, I'm, never, I'm not going to like, you know, be upset that a division rival um, who was caught on tape cheating is going to get in trouble. I, I, I prayed to God that would happen in 2010 for our in-state rival, and it did not back then. But here we are um, with, with the LSU shit. What I don't like, what I wonder is going to happen is if they are going to be completely one-sided and, and like do what they've always done, which is show favoritism to the blue bloods. And you don't see that even in football as much. Like if for whatever reason right. in basketball, it is, it's mind blowing to me how blatantly obvious it is. They, they show so much favoritism with the polls, with like, like the punishments, all that kind of shit. I want, if, if this is that, like if the disparity between the two punishments is that great, I wonder what the backlash will be. Oh, it'll be huge. I mean, it, it, I joked about it, but Bill Self, Bill Self in the investigations finding from Kansas had five level one infractions. He got a contract and a lifetime, a lifetime contract and a raise from Kansas. He's a high right. paid coach in college basketball. Like that's insanity when you consider the standard. I think here's the other part of it too that we didn't bring up, guys. Will Wade underachieved at LSU. They went nine and nine yeah. this year. If they won the SEC tournament on Sunday and were a top four seed. It was. It would have been Tammy Wynette. Stand by your man. Scott Woodward would be like, we don't believe any of this stuff on Will Wade. We're going to investigate the NCAA findings, but we think this is all hogwash. And they would have stood Burn by loose. Will Wade. Yeah, I think. I think it comes down to Will Wade and Scott Woodward never really meshed. And if you mm -hmm. look at the the four big sports at LSU, all the hirings: Brian Kelly, Kim Mulkey, Jay Johnson. That's all Scott Woodward hirings. I think he looks at it as this is a, a perfect opportunity for me to put a stamp on the entire athletic department. Wait out. I can hire my guy, and I'll have full ownership over everything. The the other thing is too when that that first that phone call the wiretap came out in 2019. They reworked Will Wade's contract to say if an NOA comes out, we can fire him for cause. So right. when that came out last week, that was it. It was like okay, we're firing him. And so you know it is what it is, right, wrong, or indifferent. But no, you're right. I mean, in football, I do think it is a little bit of a playing field. Like think of it, if Saban or Kirby. Why is that your first example? 
Yeah, Saban or Kirby, if something came out tomorrow on a big recruiting infraction or they paid a player or whatever, it would be headline news. I don't know if it would just get swept under the rug. They're not going to get fired by any means, but like I think it would be a huge, massive story. And it is a different thing in, in basketball. Like North Carolina created a fake class for guys, and nothing came of that really. Like, not, not just for guys, insanity. for athletes, specifically on this team. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was I, it, it's insanity. So yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be BS if LSU gets it. people and people on social media are just idiots. Like people are giving the death penalty, like because they paid players that is now legal. Like that's the other thing too. We we can throw out the level one infractions. Yeah, go read what it is. Okay, they paid recruits. This thing has been going on since Shaq, since you know the 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 dawning of age. Yeah. Like if we're going to be so hypocritical, yet on signing day we're going to celebrate. And um, that your school, you know, paid and NIL deals and got all these five-star recruits, then you can't complain about the school that got caught with it before it was legal. It's like legalizing marijuana today and you get arrested, you know, but you got arrested yesterday for it. Like, oh, well, you still broke the law. Yeah, I get it. But it's legal now. Like, it's not a big, it's yeah. big of a deal anymore. That sounds like something that would happen to me. <laughs> to be honest. Also, like, you know, the other part of it too is like, like you talking about how. I get, I get like how like it wasn't legal and the NIL part of it and all that kind of stuff. But this totally separate from football, like the coaches and programs, they're not what's driving all this corrupt shit in in basketball. I mean that that stuff is like that entire culture is already made when these kids are in like middle school and, and like travel ball and AAU and all that kind of shit. Like this this is something that just kind of like I wouldn't even say spills in, just pours into college basketball. It just kind of I mean, listen. I make jokes about the state being like just like a bastion of fucking nothing, like just one lane highways and, and diner pie. There's no fucking way you're going to get kids to go to Lawrence, Kansas for, you know, one to four years. Or if it was Perry Ellis, you know, like 18 to, to go like to, to what for like the best four years of your life? Absolutely not. So anyway, I hate it for you, man. It's tough. Uh, you guys gotta get better at cheating. It's a whole thing that everyone else is, is really good at. Um, well, the thing about this too, do people even care? Like it, it no. used to be a big thing when we found out a player got paid. I think college football and, and college sports fans in general now don't even care. Like if it came out tomorrow that uh, let's just say Marquette was paying their baseball players five years ago and that came out, would anyone blink an eye and be like, no. okay, so like who cares? Right. I really agree. It, like everything's changed so much with it. Um it, like it, it is a very unfortunate situation, but it's not, it's also not going to spill over into the football program. Right. That is something I think well, we were kind of concerned about at first. So the two infractions that came out from that, and you kind of hinted at it, the, the guy at the hospital that was paying a, you know, a student athletes family or whatever LSU self-imposed the, you remember during COVID year, they were bowl eligible. They, they, they said, we're not going to go to a bowl game. And that was kind of their own punishment yeah. for that. And it was smart because yeah. they were like five. We'll and and, wow, you guys just the entire program, like the athletic <laughs> department in general. And, just... then, and the second infraction that was in the, included in this one was the one everybody saw on, on TV when Odell Beckham handed the $100 bills <laughs> to the players on the field. Again, LSU was proactive. They said uh, Odell is banned from the university events for the next three years and blah, 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 blah. And they made they made sure he those kids gave the money back because, God forbid, let's not give a 19-year-old a $100 bill. That's a big no-no. It was go, several go hundred dollar bills, Chris. Yeah, go eat your ramen noodles, Justin Jefferson. No no going out tonight. Big no-no. Um, but anyway, yeah. like they, they took that, um, you know, they self-imposed these punishments themselves. So they think that football is going to be fine. Right. But they also, there's a rumor out there that maybe – Scott Woodward made basketball the sacrificial lamb saying, oh, right. we fired Will Wade. Isn't that enough? Did we do enough? Don't punish football. <laughs> well, and if he did, good for him. And I, I will say this, like, it, it is kind of crazy because when I was watching that happen, we all saw it. And then, like, the 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 the, the comments, like, I don't want to say excuses because that's a bad word. Georgia fans will get really triggered. But, like, the comments that came out the next day, it was like, oh, it was fake money. It wasn't real. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, but, like, and no one gave a That's shit. It's like saying but Calvin it, Ridley used a fake gambling app. You know, come on. Okay, we're, you know what? That is fifteen hundred dollars. I just, I just, we're upset still that his. It, it was his practices. It was the fact that he was betting the parlays. Just dumb. I've also well, lost like roughly one hundred twenty-five dollars in the first half of the Hawks tonight while we've been talking. So I'm not going to judge him. Ridley um, also bet the Falcons to win, and frankly, that was a terrible bet to begin with. So yeah. You got to believe. 
No, but it's it's Rise funny up, to talk baby. about like the fact that like a couple hundred dollars and how that is like even a thing now because that is literally something Bama got put on probation for in 1992 or 1993 because Antonio Langham took $300 from someone on Bourbon Street after the national championship. So it's, it's just odd to see like the scope of things and how much they've changed. Well, I'm wait, glad to that, that football point, broke. To that point, would it have been like with the NIL rule, could that be like, would Odell, if he came out the next day and said, no, 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 I signed those guys to an NIL deal last night. That's, and I handed them, would that, it would be legal now, right? Yeah. I mean, all you gotta do is lie. Absolutely. It's, it's one of the easiest things in the world to do. Like, and also the fact, like it's, it's, it's kind of fucking bullshit. The fact that they, the, the punishment is that now Odell Beckham can't go back to yeah. his alma mater. And this is also oh. a guy, Tyler, I don't know if you know the story, but when they, when they first like banned neck, like from like the band playing neck, he went up into the student section during one game. Gordy, you probably know this more than I do. And, and I think pulled out cash to said he was going to pay the $250,000 uh, SEC fine for them to play neck. So that just, I mean, that kind of blows in general, but anyway, um, well, let's wrap up with some more football stuff. Uh, you guys recently got a transfer that is 103 pounds um, from Arizona State, Jaden Daniels. He coming in. I, I'm not. I'm not big on anyone but Miles Brennan at like winning that job. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm crazy. Whatever. Um, spring practice about to start anyway. What's what's the latest going on with with the football program? Brian Kelly. Did he just get Jaden Daniels because he looks like the kid from Kid and Play, and he'll be a better dancer? That's a great theory. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm with you. I like I like Miles Brennan. Uh, full disclosure: we had him on as a guest on Locked On SEC a few weeks back, and I mean nice. he's an easy kid to root for. Like I I like the kid. He's had a bunch of freak accidents that have limited his career. You know, the one preseason last year when it's looking fishing like thing. looking like he's going to be the starter, you know, yeah, trips over on, on the fishing trip, trips over his flip-flops. So, like, the stage is set. I just wonder, guys, if Brian Kelly and his coaching staff kept looking at it and going, look, Brennan's a six-year kid, all the skills in the world, all the tools. But at the end of the day, he has started three games in his career. He backed up Joe Burrow for, for years. Um, he's been in this program, but, like, Let's go get a guy with more experience. And so that's what Jaden Daniels brings. I think 29 starts to his credit at Arizona State. It's been ups and downs. It's been a roller coaster. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. But I think they looked at it and said, let's go get you know, a kid with more, more experience just in case. You know, What if Miles Brennan does go on another fishing trip and breaks his arm or his foot or whatever? Like It could happen. So I think that's what they were looking at because with the, the two younger uh, quarterbacks with Nussmeyer and Walker Howard, you know, just no experience there for those guys, really. So uh, I think they just wanted somebody else to compete. Now, if you hear it from the Jaden Daniels side, he says he's coming here to start. You know, he he left Arizona State saying uh, or, or thinking that he was only going to have one more year and go pro. He still has two years left. There's thought there, the the thought around his campus. He's going somewhere to play for one year and he is going pro. So we'll see. I don't know I, if he's listening, but I can. Uh, if you are Jaden, I'm going to tell you right now. You're, that's not going to happen. Yeah, the, the numbers last year were not great. Now, he was no. more of a runner last year. Don't get me wrong. The rushing totals went up and all that. But it's funny. If you go look at his best game, go look at his three or four best games. Oh, the Oregon game. Yeah, he had games where he threw for like 300 yards, three touchdowns, blah, blah. Now go look at Miles Brennan's three games he started. 300, 400 yards, three touchdowns, four touchdowns. Miles Brennan's best games are comparable to Jaden Daniels' best games. So... It's it's interesting, but no, I am with you. I think it's Miles Brennan's job to lose yeah. unless Jaden Daniels just totally blows everybody out of the water. There's been some comparisons with Mike Denbrock's offense that he could be like Desmond Ritter was at Cincinnati, you know, losing to Bama and Georgia in the playoffs. Love that. Games. It is what it is. But like, that's what the talk has been. Okay. What's the strength of the team going into spring right now? And why is it money laundering? I mean, like in all in all actuality, what's the strength of the team? Transfer portal. Like they got a bunch yeah. of dudes coming in, all that are like Louisiana kids that wound up elsewhere. Oh, you went to Penn State, but you're from the Bayou. Come on back down to, to LSU. Um, you know, that's kind of what it, it's gonna be all these new faces. It's gonna be all these kids from from Arkansas and from you know, all these schools that got away from the state that they brought back. And, you know, it's gonna be you were literally if you're watching LSU spring game, it's gonna be this way to a lot of schools this fall or this spring, but you're gonna be looking down the roster going, who's number nine? Who is 17? Who the hell is this? I don't even know who this guy is. 
that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a whole lot of new faces. But no, I mean, Brian Kelly's talking about it. They want to do what he did in Notre Dame. They want to have a dominant offensive line. They want to pound the rock. They want to run the football. They want to control clock, get out with the win. Will it work? I don't know, because it seems like the, the, the mantra to win the SEC now is get a good quarterback, get some good receivers, put up 40 points, and get out with a 40 to 38 victory. Like, that's what the SEC has been trending to. Brian Kelly may bring it back old school. Dominant defense, dominant offensive line, run the clock and win the game. That might work, too, moving forward. If it doesn't, Brian Kelly will be out of a job and we'll say, man, what a failure. He should have never left Notre Dame. Worked for Georgia this year. It kind of did, right? Tyler. I mean, you know? <laughs> it, it, no, was I mean, looking, I, it was looking like there were a lot of people ready to say, I told you so, yeah. in the third quarter of that game before JT Daniels went on this magic, I mean, absolutely magical fourth quarter run where he made all the throws against that elite Bama secondary and that defensive we, okay, front of don't Alabama start. that don't just could start. not get to JT Daniels at all. It was just unbelievable. What a storybook I'm, season for Georgia. Yeah, and JT Daniels now uh, <laughs> taking official visits to Oregon State, so he is officially my least favorite player of all time. <laughs> um, no, I mean, like, I, I, I know I know you're joking, and I'm just not emotionally mature enough to not be triggered by anything you're saying. So we're just going to move on from it. Well, like um, it is, it, like Stetson, it was supposed to be JT Daniels' thing, and Stetson mm-hmm. Bennett came in and stole. But like, I know you defend Stetson Bennett to the to the end of times. I don't think Stetson Bennett shouldn't be the starter. I'm going to say it. All right, well, that's we're not going <laughs> to we're not going to get into this for one. But no, like, like I will say that the Brian Kelly has always had like. I think he is an underrated coach. We, we, in the SEC, we dismiss anyone that's not like, you know, that doesn't look like us basically. And since a lot of times they've, you know, kind of shit their pants on the national stage, especially in the playoff or, you know, BCS, I think he's got kind of a bad rap, but I, it'll be interesting to see because I, I, I remember you saying this in the off season, I, or maybe it was on Twitter, but I had brought up the fact that like LSU was returning all five starters on the offensive line and they were all five seniors and I was like, LSU might have one of the best offensive lines in the SEC. And you're like, no, the thing is, Chris, it's cool if they're if they're returning all of them, but they have to be good for it to matter. And I was like, okay, all right. It was like that scene from uh, Happy Gilmore. He's like, um, you know, there's just one problem, Happy. You're not any good. That's pretty much how you describe the entire offensive line. Well, the so. other the other part of it too is if, if you're co- if you're a senior, you're coming back. A lot of times it means because you're you weren't good enough to go pro right i mean that's you know it's yeah it's, I, I and that's what phil i think phil Steele always says that it's like it, just because you're coming back oh we return you know 10 starters on the defense okay was your but your defense sucked last year no no but they're all going to be better because they're veterans no your defense is still going to suck because they sucked last year they're <laughs> older and more sore that's why you got to get ahead of it like Slade Bolden and just go ahead and make your little fucking graphic and announce you're going to the NFL. So, hey, dude, um, he looked subpar at the combine. I mean, that was what a, what a job. UDFA, baby. I was not allowed to make this video because he apparently follows us on Instagram, but I had a whole script written about the nightmare that was his entire combine when he walked into an actually athletic white guy at the same position. Just yikes. Yikes for Slade. All right. You know what? We have. Um, We've talked about all of the people that have had a tough go. I think, uh, you know, Will Wade didn't deserve what happened to him. Coach O, anything we want to talk about him? Slade Bolton, uh, all guys that have never gotten a fair shake. Hey, one thing to keep an eye I keep hearing Coach O wants to do TV. So keep an eye on that. He he could wind up on. With, dude, with all these people jumping ship with Troy Aikman and Joe Buck and all that. Yeah, there's some that openings. About? There's some openings for Coach O, I'm just saying. Herb Street um, going to Amazon. Strange times. Wait, what happened? Oh, yeah, he's going. Yeah, but he's not. He's not. He's not leaving. Yeah, yeah, he's still in college, but he's doing Thursday night he's, for Amazon for NFL. But it's gonna suffer, right? Like you can't, you can't do pro Amazon. NFL. No, they're like they're a machine, dude. They're, they just keep selling. <laughs> no, they're about not, to buy MGM, by the he's way. He's not delivering for Amazon. He's doing Thursday night football, doofus. Yeah, well, okay. First off, I anybody that knows me knows that I don't do well with Amazon because it's too much stuff going on. And it, it confuses me a lot. Anyway. um, we got to get. We have a bunch of other content we got to get into here, Gordy. It's it's so good to catch up with you, man. I'm, I'm glad you're doing well. Tell everyone where they could um, find you. I uh, I'm a big fan of of this guy, not just because we're we're good friends, but does really really good work on his podcast. I rarely would give a plug to a quote unquote competitor, but um, it's good stuff. And also, I, I, we just followed you on YouTube as well. 
Oh, sweet. Yeah. Locked on SEC is the show. I always say we're, we're, di- we're the only like daily SEC uh, show out there. So like guys like you guys, you do the long form, you know, you drop once a week or maybe twice a week if Marlo's in a you good mood or something, now. you know, you guys do a couple podcasts every now and then. So like for <laughs> us, if you want to get in and out, like if you, if you're driving and you know, it's a 20 minute drive, you, Locked on SEC is for you. Get your quick update on everything, all the news and notes going around the SEC. And uh, and we'll get some great guests, too. We've had some really good guys join us in recent weeks. Uh, Dakarian Joyner from, from South Carolina. Awesome, awesome kid. We had uh, TJ Finley from Auburn on, who is probably going to oh, end up awesome. the back, backing up Zach Calzada. That's unfortunate. But had some really good interviews. And uh, go check it out, LockedOnSEC.com. Awesome. And again, man, like it, and not enough can be made about the sacrifice you're making by doing all that on a daily basis, I think, as well. So um we're, we're gonna get better i know tyler's got this whole thing called like a family or whatever but we are gonna start trying to put out more content um as well so we can we can be just like you gordy well and one day we're all gonna be like will wade and that's co-signing on loans for cars for girls that are trying to extort you because you paid their fiance to play basketball I feel I like I'm, I'm going to be on the opposite side of that than you guys. I don't think we're going to have a lot in common when that comes around. But uh, no, man, we appreciate it, Gordy. We'll, we'll talk to you soon, dude. All right, guys. Thanks.